talking about the Gardner Museum heist, the biggest art heist in the world, and the biggest property heist in America, according to everyone's favorite source of news, BuzzFeed. A little background on the museum itself, from an article published by Garrett, Garrett Herriff. It was built in the late 1800s. Isabella Stewart Gardner put together the gallery which is displayed in the Gardner Museum, and eventually opened it to the public. When she died, she left the museum with $3.6 million to play around with under one circumstance. They couldn't add any new pieces or sell any of them. So the museum stayed the same for quite a while until two burglars decided to rob the museum of millions of dollars worth of art. And the thieves stole 13 masterpieces worth a cumulative 200 million US dollars. In today's dollars, some art dealers suggest the hall could be worth up to 600 million. Now that's no chump change. How did they get away with that? Let's find out. to 1988. Improvements in security were going up at other museums around Boston, and an independent security consultant recommended improvements for the Gardner Museum. However, money was tight, so it was left untouched. Okay, so you're telling me this museum had $3.6 million and couldn't buy any new art, and they still couldn't afford a decent security system? All they had was some motion detectors and cameras on the outside of the building. Now, I'm not saying it's the museum's fault, but come on, it was like an invitation. So while the security made it easier for them, it, it still wasn't an easy feat to accomplish. Here are the details of the heist itself. It was around midnight on March 18, 1990, when a Dodge Daytona pulled up to the side of the entrance of the Gardner Museum. Curiously, the two men waited almost an entire hour before getting out of the car. Dressed in fake police uniforms, the men simply pushed the museum buzzer. We're responding to a disturbance call, they said. And in breaking protocol, the museum night watchman on duty, Richard Abbott, let them in. The robbers placed Abbott under fake arrest before handcuffing him and a second security guard and throwing them into the museum's basement. At this point, there was nothing security could do. The thieves had penetrated the perimeter and the robbery was underway. It okay, so their security system was flawed, but their security guard was definitely stupid. Or was he in on it? than 90 minutes, the thieves snapped up 13 near-priceless works of art, headlined by Rembrandt's only copy of The Storm on the Sea of Galilee, valued in excess of $100 million according to MSN. Alongside that was The Concert by Vermeer, valued at up to $300 million according to telegraph.co.uk, five drawings by Degas, Flink's Landscape with Obelisk, Shade Tortoni by Manet, an ancient Chinese goo, bought originally by Gardner in 1922 for $17,500, and two more Rembrandts. They also tried to unscrew a Napoleonic flag from the wall, but failed, so they took the French Imperial Eagle ornament on top instead. After two trips to the car, the thieves drove into the night, leaving the Gardner Museum in their dust. I've got no idea what any of those paintings are, but they sound expensive. Today we're going to be talking about the Gardner Museum heist, the biggest art heist in the world and the biggest property heist in America, according to everyone's favorite source of news, BuzzFeed. A little background on the museum itself, from an article published by Garrett, Garrett Herriff. It was built in the late 1800s. Isabella Stewart Gardner put together the gallery which is displayed in the Gardner Museum, 
and eventually opened it to the public. When she died, she left the museum with $3.6 million to play around with under one circumstance. They couldn't add any new pieces or sell any of them. So the museum stayed the same for quite a while until two burglars decided to rob the museum of millions of dollars worth of art. So that covers what they took. But what was their method? And how come they weren't noticed by any of the infrared motion detectors? Well, they actually were. In the Dutch room on the second floor, one of the detectors was triggered at precisely 1.48 a.m., 13 minutes after they'd finished tying up the guards. This suggests they were waiting to make sure no authorities had been alerted. After everything remained quiet, they got to business. As they approached two Rembrandt paintings, a device that beeps when someone is too close started to go off. The thieves' solution? Smashed the device so it stopped beeping. Problem solved. With a blade, they cut around the outskirts of the canvases to remove the paintings from their casings, leaving the empty frames behind on the floor. The thieves then moved through the museum, causing careful havoc in the short gallery and the blue room. You might be thinking, how did they get away with it if the motion detectors did indeed spot them? And what about the CCTV recordings? The answer is easy. On their way out, they ducked into the security director's office, took the video cassettes that recorded their entrance, and the data printouts from the motion detecting equipment as well. Alright, so that covers what happened and what was stolen. But like honestly, they made two separate trips to their car and no one noticed that two cops pulled up in a red car, not a police car, and made like multiple trips in and out of the place with things in their hands. Honestly, it just feels like it was too easy for them. First of all, I feel like if I owned a museum with hundreds of millions of dollars worth of art in it, I wouldn't leave it in the hands of two chumps and a few motion detectors every night. Well, I'm sure they regret that now. So that leads us to the next section. Who did it? One of the main suspects was a security guard. But the FBI wrote that he was too stupid to become involved in a careful art heist such as this one. Well, that's as good of an excuse as any, I guess. The other two remotely possible suspects were the mob leader in the area around the museum, James Whitey Bulger, as well as Brian McDevitt, a man who had tried to rob an art museum in the 80s dressed as a FedEx driver. So I mean, same method, obviously he would be a suspect. Okay, spoiler alert, it wasn't any of them. But I feel like I would have just arrested McDevitt on the spot. It seems like it was him. Okay, so it wasn't the guard, and it wasn't the mob, and it wasn't McDevitt. So who was it? Well, the FBI didn't know until 2019, years after the heist happened. But the robbers', the robbers names were George Rashfielder and Lenny Demisio. According to the FBI, their names are George Reisfelder and Lenny Demisio. Both living out in Boston, these men belong to the crew of the local criminal Carmelo Merlino. They'd been on the suspect list for years, but the evidence hadn't been enough. Until now. We have to go back to 2006, where a prison inmate named Robert Bouchamp wrote a letter to Anthony Amore, the director of security at the museum, claiming that his former cellmate, George Rasfelder, had admitted his part in the crime back in 1990. That was the first key step. Next was finding out the involvement of Merlino. As it turns out, he was the mastermind behind the operation while Reisfelder and Demuzio were simply the pawns. While neither of these men are living anymore, at least the FBI can finally close the case on who did it. Although they're still scratching their heads trying to figure out where the artwork is. Well, they figured out who it was, 
but they still don't know where any of the artwork is, and there's a $10 million reward for anyone who gives information that leads to the art's safe return. I don't know. I feel like if I had a $600 million worth of art, I wouldn't return it for $10 million. That would be like the worst trade deal ever. I agree. All right, so this concludes the Gardner Museum Heist case. We hope you enjoyed listening, and we'll see you guys next time.